Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Patakaswami Maharaj on October 11th, 1989 at New Taliban Farm in Carrier, Mississippi, USA. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, Chapter 2, Verse 40. Because at that time, 
they were simply concentrating on the thoughts of Lord Krishna. Jai Parvati Krishna Ki, Raharani Ki, Ramaravati. So, Draupadi, Subhadra, they also totally absorbed their thoughts in Lord Krishna. All of the Pandavas were able to go back to Godhead without undergoing death. They didn't have to experience leaving their bodies. Their bodies were simply transcendentalized and they went back to the spiritual world in the self, same spiritualized body without having to experience death. So, this pastime gives us many, many instructions. In this verse today it mentions how if we hear this verse, this story faithfully, devotionally, we can also achieve devotion for the Lord. By hearing how great the devotion is of the Pandavas for Lord Krishna, to that association that awakens similar feelings of devotion in the heart of the listener. The purpose of human life is ultimately to go back home, back to Gaza. Lord Chaitanya explained to Rupa Goswami how devotional service is not a small process. It's a process as big as the ocean. And therefore, it's not possible to describe everything. But he was precise for describing at least a drop of that ocean. The Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, or the ocean of devotional service, so deep, so wide, never been fully measured. In modern science, sometimes even our ocean is described as an undiscovered frontier because it is so deep that the depths of it have never been fully explored. But devotional service is the ultimate frontier because the depth of serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead and realizing the transcendental relationship, qualities, etc. of the Lord is an unlimited ocean. The Lord Chaitanya was explaining to Rupa Goswami how he wanted to describe something about that ocean, at least a drop of it. That, just like people are very much concerned about progressive civilization, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained how life itself is a type of evolutionary process where the soul transmigrates to different species of life. Chaurasi Lokko, or 84 lakh species of life, 8,400,000. And this way, there's moving and non-moving entities. So, Janga or Sova, those which are immovable, those which are movable, trees, mountains, etc., immovable living entities. Then there's insects, fish, birds, reptiles, so many different entities are moving. So, amongst these two categories, moving is higher than non-moving. 
Amongst the living standards, the animals which have no legs, they are lower than the animals who have the legs. Four legs and two legs. Amongst these two, the two-legged are more superior than the four-legged. Amongst the human beings, you have uncivilized type of human beings, Java and Savara, so many different types of hunters, uncivilized human beings. They have not developed sophisticated means of communication, of philosophical understanding, of moral life, very basic civilization. From these, you come to this uncivilized type of human being, different varieties, those who are considered civilized are called voidic. They follow the rules and regulations of the scriptures. They, among those who are civilized, who follow the rules of the Shastras, those who claim allegiance, but they don't really fully follow. They be mukhe into papa mani They give lip service. Yes, I follow Vedas. I'm a Hindu, I'm a religious person, whatever. But in practice, they commit so many forbidden activities. So, Lord Chaitanya explained that more than half are like that. They don't really take it seriously. They're not serious about even practicing the rules of civilized religious life. So better than that are those who are the karma kandi, karma nishtha. Better than a million persons who don't follow strictly, one person who follows strictly the religious rules for getting material happiness, they're better. But better than the karma, million karma nishtha is akagani shastra. Agani. Agani is someone who knows the difference between matter and spirit. Actually, a karmi is someone who is very religious, follows all the rules of God, but identifies himself as the body. So he thinks that the happiness of the body is the goal of life. So they work very hard to have a happy material life. Actually, the Bhagavatam explains in the 11th canto that how someone works very hard to make a house so he can live happily in the house. But they are never fully happy. There's a lot of difficulty. They have to tolerate, even though they want to be happy in their house. It says, compared to that, the snake, he's very clever. He doesn't make himself any house. Have you ever seen a snake constructing a house for himself? Nobody saw. The snake will go inside a hole made by some rat or some other mole, and they'll enjoy inside their nice house. Once the snake goes in, the rat won't go back to his house. Too dangerous. So the snake gets a free house. He doesn't have to bother to make his own house. He gets his free house. So, 
Snake is very happy. But others, they have to make their house. But even in spite of making their house, they are not fully happy. So the karmi, they are the persons who identify with the body. But they are trying to make their happiness according to religion. So when someone is gathered, they know, I love this body. Humber asked me that I am actually the eternal spirit soul. I am part of the Param Brahma. This material life is temporary. That type of gani is worth more than thousands or millions of these karmis. But amongst the gani, the koti gani mante, ako gani mukto, that to find someone who is actually liberated, to find someone who is a liberated soul, koti gani mante, aki gani, aki mukto sastu. One who is liberated, he is the best. Theoretically, someone may say, yes, I am not the body. But practically, they are not acting fully on that platform. It's still theory. Sometimes someone will be preaching, yes, we are not the body, we should not be attached to these material things. But then you see, practically, they are very much concerned, what do people think of me? What is my financial situation? They have so many material considerations. Although if you discuss with them, theoretically they'll say, yes, we are not this body, this material world is temporary, but practically all their activities are in material life. And then Lord Chaitanya explained that when someone really understands they are not this body and they act in a liberated platform, they are mukta, then they are best. Among all the liberated souls, the devotee is the best. Devotees are already liberated. The devotees are liberated souls. The devotional service has nothing to do with this material world. It is already postgraduate stage. Stage of liberation. Krishna Bhakta Nitkaishanta Bhukti Bhukti Siddhi Kami Shakli Oshanta. The devotee is considered the best of all. The yogis, the ganis, the siddhas, karmis, they are already self-satisfied. They are on the transcendental platform. Narayana parayana koti sapya mahamune muktanam siddhanam Out of all the liberated souls, the perfected souls, siddhas, the narayana parayana sadurlava Prasantatma, Soti Satya Mahamuni. He is considered the best. Sudurvala. He is fully satisfied. Santatma, Soti Satya Mahamuni. Out of millions of. Not that here is a Siddha, here is a Mukta. Okay, compared to them, Bhakta is better. No. Millions. Liberated souls may be there. Millions of Siddha Bhava, Siddha Purushas. But compared to all of them, your devotee of Krishna, Amarai, is considered the most rare, best. Because he's fully peaceful, he's not desiring anything else. So the Pandavas, although they were Grihis, they were Grihastas, they were kings, you could say they were Kshatriyas, 
This is the superficial understanding. They will point. They were Narayana, Parayana. They were Sutta, Krishna, Bhakta. They were discussed. When the time came, they didn't look back. They went off. There's a famous Christian story where there was a sinful town and God told them that, they have, that there were five or six holy people. I probably do remember all the details better. I don't remember so clearly. But the message came that they can leave, but they shouldn't look back because the people are so sinful that God is going to destroy the whole town. But so while they were leaving, there's Sarana and Gomorrah. Who's going to look back? Joseph's wife. The wife of Joseph looked back. She was attacked. Her friends, the city. So she became a column of salt. But the whole city got destroyed. When we leave the world, we can't look back. What about my this? What about that? How will everything go on? We have to go looking forward to Krishna. Otherwise, we have to come back again. According to the Veda, if we have fully our mind fixed in Krishna, we go back to Krishna. Narayana, Anita, Smriti. But if we're thinking of so many other things, we'll come back again to this world. So the Pandavas, they weren't worrying anymore about their wives, about their children, about the kingdom. They're simply thinking Krishna. Neither Dropani was worrying about her husbands anymore. Now she was also simply, she was trained, she knew, in the life means, fix your consciousness fully on Krishna. This is the way that the great leader of human society would show the people the real priority of life. There may be some great saints who their whole life they were doing nothing but Krishna's service, without any doubt. But everyone who was of a highly developed spiritual nature, at the end of life, they leave their material attachments and dedicate themselves. So the Pandavas, they went off into the forest. This is not recommended now in Kali Yuga. Even now it's very difficult to find forest. Most of them are being cut down for paper, and for business purpose. In fact, in the world today, there's very big concern that all the forests are being cut down. But if you can still find some forest, it's very difficult to find someone who's able to live in the forest. So it's not recommended. Rather, it's recommended to go today, Kali Yuga, to some holy place like Siddha Mayapur, Vrindavan. Take up some residence in a holy place and engage fully in devotional service, forgetting all the previous attachments. When one's 50% of life is finished, or at least when one's over 50 years of age, they should give up family attachments and get fully into devotional service, prepare themselves to go back to home, back to Ghana. This is actually the purpose of life. I remember when Srila Prabhupada was inaugurating the Vrindavan temple, one famous politician who was governor at the time, he told Srila Prabhupada that I have given up politics. 
Nein, also Paladin. Shila Prabhupada laughed. <laughs> Just now that same person, after 12 years, 15 years, he's now 71, he's been elected chief minister in the state. He's obviously not given up politics. <laughs> he's still in it. There's a difference between our previous Indian leaders and present. That the present ones, very hard for them to give up politics. If they actually took the spiritual life, some of the ex-prime ministers who are there when they're over 50 and started to preach to people, that actually would have a very big effect. But where is that? This was lacking, that example. But if we follow the example of the Pandavas, we won't go wrong. The best thing if we can be Krishna conscious our whole life, Actually, one should practice spiritual life. Prahlad Maharaj said, Komaram From the five years of age, one should be practicing spiritual life. Don't think the Pandavas suddenly, at the end of their life, they decided to go and fully dedicate. Their preparation was the whole life. From their very birth, they were fully absorbed in Krishna. It is very easy for them to fully fix their mind in Krishna at the last part of life. It's not possible for someone to fully dedicate and fix their mind on Krishna in old age. If they are younger age, they have not also practiced Krishna consciousness. Whether one is a grihasta, whether they are in this renowned stage of life, everyone needs to chant Hare Krishna. By preparing oneself, then it's possible to fully fix the mind in Krishna. When we try to encourage the young people to chant Hare Krishna, they tell us, Oh no, now is not the time. Wait till I get old. I don't want cleaning. I want to get very old, then I can only chant. But we say all the old people who have not chanted when they are younger, it's very hard for them to take it up. We've seen older people come here to the ashram, they want to join, but they find it very hard to stop smoking cigarettes. It's very embarrassing for us when a 70-year-old man is hiding in the bathroom smoking from the younger brahmacharya. And we have to say, please, it's not good for you. It's very embarrassing when a 60-year-old man goes out and sits tea in the outside when he's living in the ashram. But we find that. Because why? They never practice in the younger age. Now they want to become Krishna conscious. They want to, they know they're going to die very soon. They're already 60, 70. But they don't have the practice. It's hard for them to chant, hard for them to get up in the morning. They're used to sleeping till 7 or 8. How they'll get up at 4 in the morning and 10 Mangalarti? Then somehow or another they get the practice. But they have so many bad habits. So it's difficult for the older people. Because their parents told them to do it when you're old. But if the parents have told them you have to practice now, you have to practice now, then you can do it when you're old. Then it would be easier for them. It would be no difficulty at all. So it's very important that all the young people, they should start chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare 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 Continue throughout their life. Even if they do family entanglements, they are doing their family life, they are doing their family business or whatever. That's all right. 
They should simultaneously do everything that Krishna thinks is way. And finally, at the end of life, they should then fully dedicate themselves to that devotional service. Sometimes we see very respectable devoted men. They finally get all their daughters married. We say, now sir, you're free. Now you can engage in devotional service. You've handed the business over to your son. Your daughters are also married. They say, no, but I have my granddaughter. <laughs> this way there is no end. Then the great-granddaughters will be there. They won't live there. So actually it's very unfortunate. Because we have this rare human life. The whole evolution is there. This is the top opportunity of the whole civilization is to be able to go back to home, back to Godhead. This was Lord Chaitanya's teachings to Rupa Goswami. That this is our ultimate goal, ultimate perfection. There's nothing beyond it. And we can achieve it very easily in this age of Kali by following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But instead, we get so close and we miss the point. That's why the devotees of Lord Chaitanya, they show great anxiety. How to help the people? How to bring them up? Actually, for a sense gratification, people are working very hard, making their houses, making the skyscraper, making the jet, making the amplifying system. But the devotee, just like a snake, goes into the house made by others. The devotees use all these products made by the materialists, but uses them all for Krishna. We also have multi-story building, we have a public address system, we have simultaneous translation system, we have uh, cinema, video, everything. But we use it for Krishna. The devotees are, they don't need these things, they can just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. So they won't go to the endeavor of inventing a big television. But since the materialists have already done it to watch uh, sense gratification movies, so the devotees, they take advantage without any endeavor, they'll use the same machine and use it for preaching Krishna consciousness. This is what Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur advised. It's the way that devotees are very intelligent to use everything for Krishna. Srila Prabhupada here in this temple, he said, we are building all the buildings, everything to serve the public so that they can come and attend Krishna's arati, Krishna's class, they can be Krishna conscious. Everything here is meant for serving Krishna. But if someone thinks that, oh, some devotee thinks I'm living in the temple, it's for my enjoyment, then they miss the point. He said, the Prabhupada said, they are going to get enjoyment, but they won't get love of God. But the devotee who uses everything for Krishna, he knows this is all Krishna and it is meant to be used for Krishna, it's not to be used for me. I can live here, I can use everything in Krishna's service. Those devotees, they also live comfortably, but they get love of Krishna. It's not necessary like the Pandavas to go into the forest, which no one can do at this time, practically speaking. It's not necessary to do that. One can live in a nice, comfortable ashram, tend the Mangalarti, chant Hare Krishna, Japa, engage in devotional service, eat Krishna Prasada, hear the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, and chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. There is enough of service. So 
actually it's not difficult. Nice ashram, nice uh, facilities can be there. One doesn't have to go into the field to satisfy nature call. You can use the sanitary modern system. No difficulty is there. Someone might hesitate, I have to go in the forest. I'll eat berries, leaves. Where will I where will I go to the bathroom? Where will I take my bath? Where, how will I eat? I'm not used to eating leaves and uh, berries. So most people they couldn't follow the Pandavas now. They don't have to. They can go into their ashram. Even the wealthy people to provide facility for people to retire, they can make retirement uh, facility. Let them come and live in the ashram, chant Hare Krishna, follow all these systems, and go back to Ghana. It's not difficult. Physically. The problem is mental. They never practice, they never thought in that way. They don't see the importance of it. The whole life they've only given importance to family, friends, society, power, uh, prestige, control. But very soon, Everything they have to leave, the control of their body will go out of their hands. The time factor is insurmountable. They must leave this world. So the Pandavas, they were not going to wait to the last moment. They wanted to go directly to see Krishna right away. While they were still strong, they went off. And they were so fixed in Krishna, they went back to the spirit, to Krishna, in the self-same body. So if we understand it, how being fixed in Krishna brings the devotee back to Krishna. There is no suffering, no death that one even has to go through in the ordinary sense. Then, it is very easy to increase, have your devotion for Krishna established. How merciful Krishna is to his devotees. He is Bhattaka Vatsaluya. In this way, Chaitanya Mahabhu is instructing to Rupa Goswami. We get a seed of devotional service. This is the most valuable thing. Amongst all the perfections, the devotional service is the greatest perfection. We get the seed of devotional service, of bhakti. This is the greatest gift one can get. It's not possible to go through the whole process of cultivation of the seed of devotional service, how to protect it, how to cultivate it. It's a science. Emotional service is a science. So, but the first thing we need is the seed. So here this verse says that we hear, we heard this whole narration very carefully with faith, with devotion. Then we get the seed of devotion. It's very unfortunate that some of the, in the 1800s, different uh, Christian missionaries came, they learned English, excuse me, they learned Sanskrit, they translated the Puranas into English, but they would give their interpretation that this is a very recent book, they are not very ancient, this is all mythology, they have no real spiritual basis, they are just type of interesting stories. So this way, in a subtle way, not directly, indirectly, subtly, they are making people lose the faith in this sacred Vedas. And then they are trying to replace that faith by saying, Bible is the oldest, Bible is the one. We have all respect for all the scriptures, Bible, Quran, Vedas. But historically, we can never accept that the Vedas are a recent book. Because this is spoken at the time 
Gita was spoken when Krishna himself was on the planet. This 5,700 or 5,070 years ago, according to the all astrological calculations. And this history was written exactly after, just at the very beginning, Parikshit Maharaj spoke the Bhagavatam at the beginning of Kaliyuga. And other Puranas were before, Mahabharata, Ramayana was previous. These are not recent books. So the problem that we hear these books from some mundane scholars, actually in our expo, there's some quotations. Some of these translators, they wrote back to England and Germany and different places that actually we have to destroy the faith of the people in these Vedas and these Pandits. But the Pandits, they blindly follow the Vedas. So I'm going to learn the Sanskrit language, translate the book in such a way that I can defeat them. Just like in an army, in a battle, we have to know what is the enemy position, what is their strong point, their weak point. So like this, I'm going to infiltrate people in their own culture. They don't be established This was the type of methodology being used. Admittedly, now all these things are historic. They're all history now. Before, no one knew what was their intention. So they, many people got bewildered by their tricks. The Prabhupada, we actually gave the real explanation, showing how Bible, Quran, Veda, how they all fit in. Not with the purpose of trying to push one sectarian religion over another, but to establish real universal spiritual consciousness, based on knowledge, based on real understanding of the Absolute Truth. So this is the real solution in the world. Anyway, that's a side point. But the main point I wanted to point was here, so we have to hear the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam, hear this narration with devotional faith. To hear it with devotional faith, you have to hear it from a devotee. Hear it as it is. To hear it from these other people who are already admittedly bogus, then naturally create confusion in the mind. But if we hear from the devotees, we put our faith, yes, what is being spoken, not some fiction, not some mythology. These are realized souls, great, spiritual, in this case, Yasadeh himself, incarnation of Godhead, literary incarnation, giving us the absolute truth so we can understand the purpose of life. If we just hear this with an open mind, that's enough to give us that bhakti lota beach. We can get the seed of devotion, then with that seed, we can achieve all the same perfections in due course. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Any questions? Yes. Each Veda is written from a different perspective. They take you up to a certain point. It's like you read the newspaper and may say that such and such person has arrived in Calcutta. Then you go and there's another article, another perspective. The person arrived, he talked with this one, the two talked together, they made this joke, they made that. They go into the more details. Especially our Indian paper. One happening, they'll give four or five different articles. Official article, installation of Prime Minister. Then the inner back. Then opposite party, what they're saying, then this one, what they're doing, they give so many perspectives. Veda, 
they give the poor example, but it's like that. Different Vedas give different perspectives. Mahabharata is written from the point, very simple. Not very high philosophy except for Bhagavad Gita. Moral, three goals. So it shows, yes, the Pandavas went up for the only Yudhisthira, he did a tour of Pataloka. One, he's the son of Kamaraj. Second, it was just a test. Because it said that why he had to see was that when Krishna told him to say Asvatthama is dead, he doubted Krishna. He didn't say it at first. Because he could see Asvatthama is alive. Then Krishna said, no, Asvatthama the elephant is dead. He said, Asvatthama the elephant is dead. Surely he should never have doubted Krishna. Surely Asvatthama the elephant was dead. But he hesitated when Krishna said, Yelao, Asvatthama is dead. Because he was thinking that Krishna meant Asvatthama, the son of Dronacharya is dead. Which is what Dronacharya will think when Yudhisthira said Asvatthama is dead. But that was Krishna's trick. But actually Krishna never told Yudhisthira to lie. But Yudhisthira doubted in Krishna for one second. Why Krishna is asking me to lie? I never lied to him. So, in the whole battle of Kurukshetra, Yudhisthira's chariot was always above the ground. He was so powerful, his wheel never touches the ground. But when he hesitated to speak what Krishna ordered, his chariot crashed to the ground. Then after he said it, came back up. He said, because he disobeyed Krishna for a second, so that's why he had to also just for a second take a tour. Actually, he, he was tested. He heard the voices of the other Pandavas in hell calling. So they're given the choice. You can go to Swarga, but your brothers are in hell. He said, well, if the brothers are in hell, I'll go there. I don't want to go to Swarga. I'll go wherever the others are. He wanted to be wherever the devotees were. He didn't care for even heavenly delights. Actually, that was just a trick. Pandavas are not in hell. He didn't have to go to hell. He just went on a tour. So many, of course, also he did Hell is Yamaraj's domain. He's the son of Yamaraj. Well, his father wanted to see him one last time before he went back to Gandhi. On the way, they may have stopped at Swarga. Maybe that's as far as the Mahabharata explains. Mahabharata doesn't go deep into the spiritual world. But the Bhagavatam explains that beyond Swarga there is the spiritual world. There is not a contradiction. It is just that the Bhagavatam is giving the higher transcendental descriptions. Mahabharata doesn't go to that detail, to that extent. That's why Narayana complained to yesterday. He mentioned everything but people get bewildered. They don't know the difference between Swarga and Vaikuntha. You should clearly give a transcendental book. It puts everything in the right perspective. That's why Bhagavatam is considered the topmost of all the names.